Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right, welcome in Busted Open Nation, a Saturday edition, a podcast edition of Busted Open. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell, and we got the other weekend host across the way, holding it down in the great state of Texas, the one and only world's strongest man, That's Mark right. Henry. Right. And Mark, we got a show for the nation today. Obviously, plenty to get to from SmackDown, especially regarding the debut of Matt Riddle going over clean on AJ Styles, but a little bit of a cloud hanging over Riddle and the pro wrestling world, but still, uh, that said, yes, there are allegations. Yes, there is uh, history happening in pro wrestling, but we need to let the, uh, what, the the law take its course and time play out. It shouldn't take away from what we saw last night, though. Great debuts are great debuts, and Matt Riddle getting the 1-2-3 over AJ Styles. My goodness, what a match. Very well said. Very well said. That, so that, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, uh, that was a takeaway for a lot of people last night. Uh, but it wasn't the only story from SmackDown. Last night, SmackDown ending mark with Bray Wyatt having a return to form. Is the old Bray wow. Wyatt back? It seems that we've got the Bray Wyatt that we saw in years past, and I think it's going to make for really good television. Can't wait for him and Braun going to have me out here buying white pants and Hawaiian shirts. I'm going to be going full for Hawaiian <laughs> cosplay before the month is over. And as always, Mark, it is a Saturday show, so of course, we're going to give the listeners our weekly winner when we break down the best show in professional wrestling in the week that was. And we're going to end the podcast version of this show on this Saturday, talking about a very special episode of Steve Austin's The Broken Skull Sessions coming up here next week. And who's the guest? Oh, sexual chocolate himself. The and only Mark Henry. Excited to hear from that as well, Mark. So, you know, I, I made a little tease that you're going to see Mark Henry cry. Steve Austin is on top of his game. He opened me, guys. Got to gotta hear it. Oprah me. Now that's a tease. Mark Henry getting over it. All that and plenty more coming your way on a busted open Saturday edition podcast edition. Sit back, relax, click play. Let's get it going. The bro himself, the stallion, Matt Riddle showing up at SmackDown last night, getting himself in a match with the one and only AJ Styles and Mark going over clean on AJ Styles, getting the pin, getting the one, two, three, an amazing moment for Matt Riddle. That said, for the fans wanting to be excited, it was mixed emotions because Mark is as great as the win was. There is this, uh, there's a shadow hanging over the win and hanging over the business of the last 24 hours. Hours because uh, as you've been seeing on social media and Matt Riddle is a part of this, at least in terms of, um, I guess, accusations, there have been multiple uh, people coming out and sharing their stories about uh, this has been the hashtag speaking out um, 
thing we've been seeing on Twitter, people speaking out about their time, women speaking out about their time in pro wrestling and a lot of people coming under fire. Mark, one of those people was Matt Riddle. Now, we don't know. The details are scarce. Obviously, the law has to play out, and 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 lawyers are getting involved and all that. I guess we'll just start this show, but I want to ask you, should the WWE, because SmackDown last night was a pre-taped show. We'll get into the historic nature of the win by Matt Riddle, but let me just ask you right off the bat, should the WWE have went through with, you know, putting Riddle on TV? Have they, Should they have went through with airing this match from a, from a pre-taped standpoint? No, I think they did a great job of yeah. putting it on. Uh, you you have to uh, stay the course and let the 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 system work itself out. We don't know what's real or what's not at this point. Uh, there's not enough of a sample size of information to condemn uh, or validate. So yeah. uh, I think that you know it's best to stay away from it right now. But as far as the 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 show, um, hell of a show. Uh, yeah. Matt Riddle uh, coming down and being able to stand toe-to-toe in conversation with AJ Styles and it being really, really riveting television as well as the fisticuffs that they got into, the making of the match, and mm. then the actual match. It was yeah. spectacular. Yeah, it was a really, really great match. And um, yeah, and, and and as far as, you know, the WWE going with the, the match and putting it on, I completely understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's a fluid situation, Mark, um, with everything going on. And, and, and before we pivot from that um, and talk about the match, I would say that uh, it is very inspiring to see what is happening across the business with the hashtag speaking out. And we've seen it with with allies, you know, in the NFL, Mark, in terms of the kneeling. And you see it with, with other industries, the Me Too movement in Hollywood. When people feel like they have allies and they feel like they're being heard, and, and specifically in, in most of these cases, male-dominated, or in the NFL's case, um, you know, white Race quarterback. Dominated. Yes, white quarterback dominated in terms of power, right? Like, they're Ain't the ones coaching. with— Yep, absolutely. So when, when people feel like they have allies, you're seeing what change that can bring. And, and and listen, Riddle's situation is specific to Riddle. Everyone's situation is specific to them. But what I don't want to do is diminish the movement that is happening. And, and I want to applaud people yes. for speaking out and feeling like they can be heard. Because, Mark, yes. they can be heard. These women need to step up yep. and not feel like they did something wrong. Because... Deviance is something that's deeply enrooted and <clears throat> excuse me and You're it's, it's good that they're able to step up and yeah. and say, "Look, this is an issue and needs to be resolved unsafe work environment. Everybody should be able to speak their mind without fear of being punished for speaking their mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now the match itself, Mark, you said it was hard hitting. It was a compelling story. Uh, it ended obviously with Matt Riddle, as I said, getting the one, two, three. Let me ask you this. There have been some really special debuts in WWE history. Uh, John Cena, Kurt Angle, that obviously, you know, jumps out right off the page page. Speaking of jumping off the pages, no pun. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Page's debut against AJ Lee, at least for the last decade. World that's champ. one of the. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you come in, you win the world championship. You, you, you would have to say night. that was the best. Uh, it's up there. It is no question. The night after WrestleMania, obviously, the freaking movie was made about that moment, you know, fighting with my family, right. fighting for my family. Um, 
Yeah, it is up there, Mark. So I will ask you, as we talk about Cena, as we talk about Paige, uh, where do you put Riddle's debut last night? I mean, coming in and pinning AJ freaking Styles, one, two, three. That's a great moment for Matt Riddle, I would imagine. And uh, wow. yeah, I'm curious. You, you've been around the business. You're the WWE Hall of Famer. Where do you rank it in terms of all-time debuts? You know what, man? I, 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 it's got to be up there. It's really, really got to be up there because uh, you, you've had greats come in. The Rock, Daniel Bryan, that didn't have an entrance to the business like this. Yeah. Um, I was one of those guys that came in. The first match that I had was the pay-per-view where I beat one of the all-time greatest wrestlers in the history of wrestlers, Jerry Lawler, at that time. And um, this is the same equivalent. Matt Riddle, AJ Styles is one of the top six wrestlers in WWE. In the entire company. In the entire world, Mark Henry. In the, not just in this company, you're right. Yeah. In the yeah. world of pro yep. wrestling. If you're going to start with, do a fantasy draft of all the wrestlers in the world, AJ Styles is going to be in the top six. No question. <laughs> that ain't enough for debate. I'm telling you, it's not oh, you might be, might be top three, shit. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, he, he'll be three or four. Mm-hmm. So that is, for Riddle to come in, you go, Okay, let's say this. Let's 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 take it back to 15 years ago. All right. Okay, Matt Riddle comes in 15 years ago, and they pit him against <laughs> Shawn Michaels. That's the AJ Styles equivalent right now. Yep. He beats Shawn Michaels. That's what happened last night. Matt Riddle came in and beat AJ Styles, one of the top wrestlers on the planet, in his first match on the show. Oh, on Fox. Where well. do you go from here? Yeah, well, that that's a great question. And, and listen, and you said it. Where do you go from here? And again, the optics. You do it on Fox Network on Friday night. Yes, it's SmackDown. Branding, I get that. But just the moment itself, the exposure, I don't know how many people watched, it doesn't matter. On Fox, essentially to open the show, you go out there and you pin AJ Styles and you bring up a great question. What is next for Matt Riddle? Where do you go from here? Because next week, right? We know it's Drew Gulak versus AJ Styles. We can talk about that a little bit later in the show, right? But what does that mean for Matt Riddle? Okay, Matt Riddle's maybe out of the AJ Styles business for right now. I definitely think that's something they circle back around on. Where do you think his story goes from here, Mark, in terms of, um, you know, the push? Well, you know, midway through that match, um, AJ Styles threw uh, Matt Riddle out of the ring and then jumped out and and kicked him into Baron Corbin. Yeah. And they had words and went into a break. And after that break, of course, AJ Styles, it came back and AJ Styles, you know, kicked him again, ran him into the wall or whatever, and then got him back in the ring. But at that point, Baron Corbin was pissed. And this is going to come up mm-hmm. next week. Like, hey... You ran into me last week. You talked a little smack. 
Won't you bring your ass to the ring and let's see if you can back it up what you said? Well, I'm interested. Yeah. Well, you, as am I, and you talk about talking smack. I, that is one of the things that when you talk, we talk about styles make fights all the time. When we talk about you know booking and 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 people getting in the squared circle and mixing it up, um, but that venom, that trash talking, right? That's another part of the business and the back and forth between Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle on paper should be pretty damn solid because Ooh-hoo. Corbin is quippy. He's fast. He's loud. He's a big guy, obviously. Riddle is the opposite of that. We saw it last night when he was talking trash to AJ Styles about the bare feet. He's like, I don't wear shoes, bro. Like, first of all, as I'm sitting, you can't see. As I'm sitting with sandals on, uh, uh, you know. Kindred spirits with Matt Riddle, I can appreciate the not wearing shoes, but my point is, is he's a chill, slower guy. Corbin's more of a high energy, you know, obviously the heel role. I, I just like the possibilities of what the back and forth between Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle can offer stylistically on the mic. I, I think that Matt Riddle has proven that uh, he could be entertaining and have yep. fun, but if he bears down and goes, listen, don't think for one second to take my kindness and my, my humility as a weakness. I spent most of my life whooping people's ass, and it's not going to stop because yeah. I'm here on SmackDown. Like, I came here to kick people's ass, and that is what's going to happen. That being said, what up, bro? <laughs> he, he does it. He has a great balance. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's not been many guys that was able to entertain, have fun, but have a razor's edge that could cut you in a heartbeat as Matt Riddle. Yeah, there's a deadly seriousness with Riddle because of that background in the UFC. Uh, getting fired from the UFC on a four-fight win streak. I revisited the article. Uh, I remember I, I covered Riddle's entire UFC career. I, I knew him when he lived out here in Vegas and, and had interactions with him. I very much like Matt and, 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 you know, rooting for him in this WWE push, assuming, you know, everything works out on the legal end. I mean, that's the kind of the, the thing that I keep going back to, at least in my own head, which, yeah, it was a weird feeling with that last night in terms of watching that and that debut. On one hand, you want to be just electric and excited for this man that you followed and, you know, you, you see him doing the right work and it pays off. And then obviously the backdrop of the accusations of the last 24 hours. But nonetheless, um, a huge win, Mark, and, and a memorable win as huge we talked win. about. And another thing that you brought up, which I thought was really interesting that I didn't, you know, it's weird. For whatever reason, I didn't really notice it. Uh, WWE, obviously, with the pandemic, hasn't really been rolling out their roster in enclosed spaces. Last night, we got essentially what was a lumberjack match, Mark. Right. It was a lumberjack match. And uh, not only did you have uh, friends and family uh, on the outside of the glass, but then you had probably 15 to 20 wrestlers inside the glass. Yep. And it gave a reactionary sound that we've been missing. How often did you hear the bump of the ring when mm. somebody fell? Not often. Not much. No. Because there was chatter. There was interactions. There was Otis rubbing his thumb. Oh, yeah. And, and stuff that distracted you from... Yeah. what was going on in the ring. But at the same time, what was going on in the ring took precedence because of the greatness and the skill that was being applied. So I'm very interested in seeing what the SmackDown rating is because from the beginning of that show to the end of that show, 
I didn't want to go to the bathroom. I didn't want to go get something to eat. I felt like I was going to miss something. It's been a long time. A long time. Yeah. Since I was watching SmackDown and I felt like that. So SmackDown did a really, really good job of keeping everyone's attention and the way in which they did it. They didn't do it just with, uh, with, with, with matches. You know, I mean, there were some good matches on that well, show. Well, I mean, it started, it locked you in with a great match. But it locked you in. Right. And uh, you go all the way to the end of that show, which, uh, you know what, is as good an ending as we've had in a long time to go off the air and makes you want to tune in next week, right? You, you remember, you remember <laughs> when yes. we were kids, uh, for y'all – under 30, 35 years old, there was a show called Batman, and it had Adam West. <laughs> and when they got to the end of the show, there was always a cliffhanger. Batman and Robin were in a world of hurt, and they would be like, come back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And you did. You did. Everybody did. We wanted to see what was going to happen. Were, they, were Batman and Robin going to fall into the pit of alligators and spikes? <laughs> like, that's what they did last night. They created a, such an excitement that you have to see what's going to happen next. And that's what SmackDown was missing. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Bray Wyatt showing up at the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, very familiar setting, Firefly Funhouse. It's what we've seen, Mark, for the last, I feel like, year or so. Uh, but the way it ended was a throwback to a time long gone, a time long gone. Not even even kind of before the Wyatt family. All right, maybe not entirely. Yeah. It actually was the Wyatt family. But uh, we got to see Bray Wyatt do a little bit of a reverse, a reverse going back to that debut, the white pants, the tropical shirt, the sort of cult leader Wyatt family, and essentially saying uh, to Braun Strowman with, through flashes of video and – um, sort of a callback to that time said, I created you Braun Strowman. It is my duty to destroy you. So Mark, uh, this feels really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. Is the old Bray Wyatt back for good? Is this the end of the Firefly Funhouse? What does this mean for Bray Wyatt going forward? What do you think is going to happen? You know what? I, I, in my opinion, and, and this is just my opinion. Um, it was cool to see Braun Strowman against, the Bray Wyatt from the Firefly Funhouse, which we've all known that he is not the most dominant force in his own head and has took losses. So he was able to beat that guy. But this guy is another voice in his head and personality in his schizophrenia, if you will, <laughs> where... He said, I created you. I raised you. I made you 
who you are. And he had the look on his face of, man, this guy's like, he, not only is he nuts, he did, but this guy has an effect on me. It registered with him. It registered with him. Yeah, yeah. That this guy can actually have an effect on him psychologically. And that will be something that we'll have to pay attention to. But I do not think still that that Bray Wyatt will be able to do him damage. Now, that being said, we have Smack, we have uh, SummerSlam coming up. Right. If you gear this whole battle of personalities to end with the Fiend at SummerSlam, I do not think that uh, Braun will be able to brave the storm after beating Bray Wyatt two times before. Whether or not it was the same man, uh, it, it's not the same personality. And well, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. It's it's reminiscent, Mark, of what's happening a little bit with AEW and Broken Matt Hardy and and his uh, uh, character shifts. But it's also even let's take it back to uh, 20 years ago to a storyline and and a man that you know very well, uh, Dude Love or Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack. or Mick Foley. Mick right? Foley. It has yeah. it, it seems to have some of those same uh, feels, which I am all for. Listen, if you're going to do that with anybody. Right. If you're if you're going to try to call back to a a Mick Foley and do multiple characters and have someone be able to pull that off, dude, Bray Wyatt is the guy to do that. Yeah, I definitely think that Bray is. Listen, he's he's so colorful, and the the fact that he started laughing um, when Brian was talking, and 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 the whole it's like the Joker, you know, that we grew up with. And you're talking and being threatful, and, ooh, 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 ooh. and it's like that is is man, that's that is entertaining, and it's what you want on television. And I don't know if there's any, like I said, like you talk about the Joker laugh, you talk about that evil presence that he brings, but also you know engaging and and, and really in an odd way, almost lovable. I, I I don't know. I've never met a more menacing force that is as lovable and scary as Bray Wyatt. I've never really seen that type of character in WWE. Um, he's just a unique guy, Mark. He really is. I, I would like to. You talk about the L's he's been taking, right? Because I feel like that's been. I mean, outside of Cena at Mania, I mean, that's just kind of been his M.O. for a while. I would like to start seeing him getting wins because I'm not saying he needs them. He definitely doesn't. I mean, Bray Wyatt has proven that in the last however many years um, he's been a part of the universe, right? But but nonetheless, I would like to start seeing him getting some uh, victories out there in the squared circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that it would be cool to see him get wins, but... I don't I don't know if you need it. Yeah. You know, the Undertaker didn't have to win. Shawn Michaels didn't have to win. And and we have guys that are championship caliber guys. They don't have to win. They have to go out and have quality matches. Right. That's the most important thing. Have you ever have you seen a a Bray Wyatt match that was not quality lately? No. 
I mean, no. I, he doesn't, and, and he doesn't, he doesn't do we, non Yeah, he doesn't do non-quality work, Mark. He doesn't do it on the mic. He doesn't do it in the ring. It's I don't even think it's in him. Right. So that is, is he's Teflon. Yeah. Like he really don't need that. Man. But I think that with this character, you'll see something to the effect of um, the match not finishing because of Bray Wyatt. But then you'll see Braun run him into a pole, run him into a pole, run him through a wall. They're both unconscious. And then now you, it's, it's a throwaway. And you, now you, you did damage to me. I made you. But he will succeed where I failed. He will be the one that will take that precious title of yours, he will be the one that will get into your mind and show you who Bray Wyatt is. And it won't be the blowing the candle out. It'll be the lights go out. (laughs) And then you have him standing behind Braun and beat the living shit out of him. That'll be that'll be what we get. I'm, I'm I'm as a fan, I can see it because that's the way I'm trained to think of levels of how to build. And if we get that, I'll be happy. But I know that you know there, there's really really smart people that um, do an unbelievable job and a hard job. We talked about that before the show. Yeah, how hard it is to put shows together over six months. You're thinking six months ahead, and every day you have to think about how to make it all meet. Oh, and now let's it's throw in a pandemic. very difficult. Now let's throw and in a pandemic. throw in yeah. a pandemic. Yeah. Throw sprinkle, in. Sprinkle a little that on top. <laughs> throw in a couple of really sensitive um, potential damaging to the infrastructure of our country. Throw in another um movement brewing of people in wrestling that are stepping up and saying that things aren't right. Yeah. From a sexual allegation standpoint. Yeah. So it's there's there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. but you still have to put wrestling together. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities! Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yeah, Busted Open Nation, Hour 2 is here, and you hear the music, you know what that means. It is time for our weekly winner. Again, I am Ryan McKinnell. That is the world's strongest man, the curator, the purveyor of the Hall of Pain, Mark Henry. And Mark, it is another week. It is another great week in the world of pro wrestling. A lot of good shows to get to. I got to be honest, up until about, I don't know, 
maybe an hour ago, right right when the show started. I didn't know where I was going to be leaning. I've been going back and forth on this for Weekly Winter. Some weeks are a little harder than others, Mark. This was a really difficult week because everything, I, there wasn't one show that stood out that was great, right? There wasn't like an A-plus show like we had a few weeks ago where there was like four A shows, but there were a lot of B-plus shows. There were a lot of B shows. This was a really solid, consistent week for pro wrestling. But as we always say, Mark, if you're not first, you're last. So who was your weekly winner for the week that was in professional wrestling? Well, you know, always we started from the bottom, now we're here. Um, you like giving the full you, recap. I, I like giving the recap. <clears throat> <laughs> this week, uh, NXT and AEW had had significant uh, ratings failure. Like, they had, they had collapsed uh, over a two-week period. And then they came back up this week. And, uh, you know, almost equal. Like, you know, right at both of them, if you rounded to the middle, yeah. uh, they were 750,000, you know, roughly, you know. Right. Um, maybe 60. And um, that was good. But still, it's a significant drop off from where they started. Uh, both shows were good. Uh, the thing about AEW I love the most right now is the T TNA or the, the TNA, the TNT <laughs> title. Yeah. Uh, Cody is having matches with guys every week that are making these guys. They don't they don't go over, but they get over. And uh, yeah, reminiscent reminiscent Mark of Cena's uh, U.S. title run. Right, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's a strong suit. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho is just magical. He's a unicorn <laughs> on a show, on any show. You put Chris on the show, um, if it's booked, whether it's booked correctly or not, you're going to come across and go, hey, man, did you see Chris Jericho? Like, he's he's a mess. And, and, and I love it. And uh, NXT was able to do stuff with uh, Kyrian Cross and – uh, Keith Lee, and they, they did more match building and uh, the entertainment value of what's going to happen next week. Yeah. Um, then, they, then, they, then the structure was for to, that show to get over, which it did, but, you know, it was more suited for next week. I, um, I agree. But last night, whew, SmackDown was a really, really good show. It started well. It ended well. Everything in the middle made sense. There was riveting promos. There was good wrestling entertainment. Um, and then you go to Monday where we had a I want a divorce. Ooh, <laughs> big stuff. We had matches where the title would hang in the balance. And the performances were great. The storylines were great. And for NXT and AEW to be in the, the lower bottom the, the, of the four shows is beyond me because I can't remember when that ever happened when SmackDown and Raw were first and second and AEW and NXT were third and fourth. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been, I think, before the pandemic since it's happened. Yeah. So I would have, and, and, and like we said before, if you're not first, you're last. So 
I would have to say that I give my weekly winner to Raw this week. Well. And a very close second, very close second to SmackDown. Hmm. This is tough. I, first of all, I don't disagree with anything that you just said um, in terms of Raw and SmackDown being both very good shows. I mean, first of all, Raw had, okay, it wasn't really the return of Christian, not in the sense that we were maybe hoping, but uh, it was quick. But there was that that carrot that was being dangled in front of us throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, Rollins, you know, killed it as usual. We got Kevin Owens versus Garza. Yeah. I mean, there was there was so much to like about <sighs> Raw. Now, one thing that I think you were spot, another thing that you were spot on about was NXT building towards next week. Listen, you had Shotzi Blackheart against you know Sasha and, and, and Bailey. That was fun. Like there were a couple good matches on NXT, but it wasn't particularly the match based show that uh, we've come accustomed to. Has, as you yeah. said, yeah. right, right, right. As you said, it felt like more of a set up for next week, which, hey, I'm here for. I'm all for that. Uh, Raw was good. SmackDown was good. I'm... If I was going to give Weekly Winner to one of those WWE shows, I would be giving it to Raw. I don't even know. Now that I think about Riddle's debut against Styles and how historic that was, maybe I would give it to SmackDown. But I gotta be honest, neither one of those is taking my Weekly Winner, Mark. AEW is going to take my Weekly Winner this week uh, for a few reasons. Um, you talked about Jericho. I think we're in the, the situation where this is going to sound crazy. We're almost taking him for granted. We're almost just assuming that he's going to be amazing and he's going to add so much to the show. You know what I mean? Not that we're overlooking it. It's just we've, we've, we've become accustomed to it. It's like, well, of course Jericho was amazing because he's always amazing, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I just – I. When you look at the Ricky Starks match, as you alluded to, with Cody Rhodes, I mean, R Ricky Starks is a guy that has been on this show getting himself over, right? Obviously, his NWA uh, experiences. To step in there to have that match that he had with Cody, um, it was it was the best match of the week for me. Then you had the abduction of Britt Baker, uh, which, which big, you know, Swole went out there. Very and, entertaining. And, yep, took her up. But, but, but really, the main takeaway for me, and this is going to sound crazy, and I know that, uh, that uh, LaGreca enjoyed this as well, uh, Abaddon? debuting or not debuting but but getting the 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 huge win on that show and having yeah. her come out and uh you know having that again it wasn't a debut but it felt like a proper debut it felt like a proper coming out party um my wife was watching the show and mark you know faith my wife she doesn't always comment on the shows as we're watching them but when abaddon walked out and you know it had that that evoked that imagery of the ring and like horror movies like it's been a long time since i've seen someone that is as gimmicky but also as believable as abaddon i really enjoyed what i saw uh, on aew from her uh really good and and added a lot to the program. I thought so. But when you start saying adding to a program, um, having a segment where uh, Christian is getting interviewed and he's saying, you know, this is how strongly I feel about this. Uh, Randy has it coming to him. And, you know, I've been clear, but this is going to be an unsanctioned match. And you didn't know what the hell an unsanctioned match, but Christian was gearing towards a fight, a street fight. And Ric Flair comes in. And the drama of Rick saying, man, don't do this. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the wrestling fan in me as a little kid to have Ric Flair emotionally try to get to Christian and say, man, I know what you're feeling. I've been there. Don't do it. Like the, the dude is at the top of his game and they build Randy up and built him and built him. And then you, you have this segment 
where Ric Flair double crosses Christian and he gets punted. <laughs> like there were things that the small nuances is what made it number one to me. And the fact that um, Bobby Lashley had a look on his face that I haven't seen in a while. That's a great point. Like Bobby looked like I'm finna murk you, Drew. Very believable. And yeah, it was yeah. It, it was it was a uh cluster when it came to the story of the match. But nonetheless, the right thing was done. They they're they're integrating other things, Apollo Crews and MVPs interactions. Like yeah. there was a lot about that show that made me go, Oh man, this this is layered. It's really, really layered. And um that's that's me giving them the nod this week. Uh, I have to say that uh, Britt Baker is like right now the most entertaining female wrestler in the world because the the humor and the her it's like Sami Zayn like she Timing. believes her yep. own shit yeah and we, you you know that it's real and that's what I like about what's going on with Britt Baker she's real she believes it. And I can't wait for Sami Zayn to come back because I miss that. I miss the uh, Santino Morella. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe whenever I saw Santino that whether he was Santina, whether he was uh, Anthony Corelli, <laughs> or whether he was Santino, I believed yeah. all of it. Yeah. And Britt Baker is doing that. She's making you believe that she is who she is and that's that that you know i can't argue with that but well you uh, you talk about yeah sorry to cut you off there but um but you talk about believability and that got me thinking about uh, the tag team division in AEW, as I, as you just said, Monday Night Raw getting your uh, weekly winner, AEW getting my weekly winner, but another highlight from AEW. Yes, Britt Baker continues to be a highlight along with Chris Jericho. Um, but this this blossoming potential future rivalry between the Bucks and FTR, I mean, we saw a little bit of that on Wednesday with the uh, dueling moves, and uh, clearly this is something they're building towards, Mark. Where do you think they go with the Bucks and FTR? Because I, I feel like potentially a Bucks heel turn could be coming. Uh, I think FTR, you know, they're coming in, they're the fresh face. It could just be a competitive back and forth. It could just that. It could just end up being that. It could just be fantasy booking and the two best arguable tag teams of the last five, in the Bucks' case, ten years, uh, meeting up and finally having that dream match. Maybe that's enough. But I feel like there might be something more with that rivalry is where it's headed. There is. There yeah. is. I, I, I see it building with all of the stuff that they did and it not working. Yeah. The only thing that I can see being done is a last man standing tag match. And mm. these guys, I mean, you, you've seen them do everything. They've done it all. Now let's see if they can be resilient. And it would be really cool. When was the last time you saw a last man standing tag match? Man, I don't recall. You can't the top of remember head, yeah. because it yeah. have not happened in a long, long while, if ever. Mm. Yeah. But this is the opportunity for them to do that. And uh, I mean, both guys have to be down. And at least one member of the tag team has to be standing. That, I'll say this. Listen, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be, say this. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't hate the idea, 
But here's the thing with FTR and the Bucks. We haven't seen them yet together. We've seen them separately in every kind of match you can possibly imagine. But in terms of dream match, we haven't seen the Bucks and FTR go head to head and have a proper wrestling match. I I think that's what's going to happen first. But Mark, as I said, potential heel turn coming. Uh, we don't know where this is going to go. But one thing we do know is these are arguably the two best professional wrestling tag teams in the entire world. Uh, no disrespect to anybody else. You can have your favorites, but they, they certainly can make the case, right? Um, I think we're going to start off with clean matches to begin with. But I also feel like that this tag division, it's very strong. You have Lucha Brothers. You have so many people that you can go to in terms of, you know, even, you know, Jurassic Express. Like there's a lot to pluck from in terms of their Stop tag it. team division, right? Well, Stop it. Stop with what? Jurassic Express. What? Do you, you don't like Jurassic Express? No, I don't. Oh, my goodness. We have not gotten I like them as individuals. I like seeing Marco Stunt do stuff on his own. I like okay. seeing Jungle Boy do stuff on his own. I like Luchasaurus doing stuff on his own. But when you put them together, I think it's hokey. And What's wrong with that? Luchasaurus. Isn't that, isn't that okay? I want to see them put an edge on him. Okay. And have him start whooping people's ass and get in the title spot. I want to see him and Jack Swagger have matches. I want to see him have matches with Jericho. I want to see him and and the, the, all of the, the the brass guys, the top guys, because he's big and talented and, uh, you know, for the lack of a better term, he's got it. He's got to be dialed back with the, hey, I want to be Karate Man. But outside of that, that's his only fatal flaw. If okay. you put him, make him more serious and have, why, why has nobody ever tried to take his damn mask off? If he was, if he was wrestling me, I would beat the shit out of him. And every time that he made a comeback, it would be because I tried to take his mask off and I would let him whomp and stomp me. Okay. Why not? Now, okay, well, let me ask you this. You, you, you talk about it's a little hokey. Well, Fantasy can't book. You, uh, well, no, hold on. Can, can't you book Luchasaurus as a, essentially a handicap gimmick where he's, you know, taking care of Marco and he's taking care of Jungle Boy and he's taking on these tag teams and he's doing most of the work? So you're building towards that singles push and he's beating essentially tag team. Okay, not by himself, but you know what I mean? You, you're elevating Luchasaurus yeah. by having him being in that role, aren't you? Yeah, but you're also going to play to uh, – what you see what they're trying to do with Jungle Boy. They're trying to make him a player. Yeah. And if you have him be subservient to Luchasaurus, then that counteracts yeah. that. That's telling yeah. a different story. You, you don't want him to be beneath anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could do that with Marco Stunt every now and then just to break it up because he's a gimmick. He's doink. He's, um, he's hornswoggle. Sure, but you can't um, don't trivialize Jungle Boy in the sense because uh, you look at the match that he had with Cody two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah, it was a good match, and he can handle it on his own. Like let him, let him ask go, let him flourish. So, and, are, are you pretty high? Are you pretty high on uh, Jack Perry slash Jungle Boy? I am. I, I think yeah. Jungle Boy has got some developing to do. He's got to grow up. He's still a kid. Yeah. He's just barely older than Dominic. True. So get let him get some seasoning. Keep putting him in there with matches against really, really good people. 
and let him build and let him grow up. Let him grow some hair on his damn face. He don't <laughs> even shave. You said seasoning and all I can think about is Texas barbecue that we were talking about in the oh, break. Stop so it, thanks stop for that. It. You're making <laughs> I'm me hungry again. You said seasoning and I was literally like, oh, food. Oh, yes. But, 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 it's 5.30 in the morning. Can you well, see what I'm saying? You see where I'm coming from with, 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 with uh, Luchasaurus. Man. You know, you see him doing the karate kicks. Every time that yeah. I see him do a karate kick spot, I want to jump through the TV and bitch slap everybody. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. You are set to be the next guest on Steve Austin's Broken Skull Session. Uh, obviously, I'm excited. Uh, I love doing the show with you on Saturday. I, I've had the pleasure of speaking to Stone Cold a couple different times. Um, one of my favorite people in pro wrestling, obviously. I don't think I'm in the minority with that. I can't wait for this episode, man. What can you tell us about it? How did it come about? How did you enjoy your time with uh, old Stone Cold? I, I really enjoy Steve, man. Uh, it started off actually... A- uh, I did his podcast uh, before the pandemic, uh, probably a, a month or two before. Okay. And uh, he, he just was like, wow, man, like there was a lot that I knew about you, but there was so much that I don't know about you. I want you to do my show. And uh, I was like, man, of course, man, whatever you want. And he's like, man, you let me know when next time you're out in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, as he says, and um, we'll um, we'll tee it up. And I, I was going to do backstage, and I told him that I was coming out there, and we organized and set it up. And um, you know, I, I don't have call time for the show until three o'clock when in L.A. Uh, so at eleven o'clock, we I went and sat down with him, and we. Man, it got down to like 2.40, and we was like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> and, and we closed it down. But um, it, the, the time went by so fast. Steve asked such great questions, and he asked pertinent questions. He asked questions that relates to not just uh, wrestling but life. And uh, people are going to find out a lot about my life and why I am who I am. It's, it's like the origin story. What made you the world's strongest man rather than um, what were your exploits as the world's strongest man? Mm. So it, it was you, pretty crazy. Did you uh, did you get any social issue stuff with Steve? Because I know that Steve is a pretty passionate guy and he's an opinionated guy. And um, I know Steve likes being on the right side of history. Is that something you dived into uh, over those couple hours? This was before the time that we're living in right ah, now. Ah, okay. And, I mean, well before. Um, this is probably the 1st of February. Like, okay, okay. You know, February 10th or something like that. It was, it was before. But nonetheless, there was a time when, um, and there was conversation had about Ahmed Johnson saying that Steve was a racist Mm -hmm. and we touched on that briefly and I was like listen Ahmed Johnson was a piece of shit and uh, he would lie when the truth would fit and anything that he said 
was to protect Ahmed. So if he bad Steve and and calling him a racist was the worst thing that you could do, of course he's going to do it. Um, and I'm not going to side with you because of what color you are. I'm going to side with you on because you're right and you go by facts. Yeah. And um, he was very unreliable and his career proves who he was. And uh, I didn't have to add anything to it, but you know, I, I told the story about uh, him putting Soma's in my tea at a restaurant because he didn't want to, he wanted to stay in the town that we were in and we were riding together, me, him and Rakishi. And so when I came to the with table, muscle he, tried, he tried to, but I saw him in my drink. They didn't dissolve. Holy and shit. I, and, and I threatened him to, to kill him. I went outside and said, come outside. He's like, I'm not leaving till you come outside. And he wouldn't come out. He was a fucking coward. And uh, I would rather, um, I, I would have been able to at least respect him. And I probably wouldn't have brought it up no more if he would have came outside and just took that ass whooping like he should have. But he there didn't. And Kishi was like, listen, man, I ain't had shit to do with it. Like, you know, don't don't act like we were trying to do this. I didn't know. I didn't I didn't find out till you found out. So I ended up leaving him and Rakishi at that restaurant in West Palm and I just drove to Miami. Wow. So I left. That's what we call it. That's what, Mark, that's what we call a tease in the business. If you want to hear more yeah. of that story, so you got to turn into you have got Broken to, Skull Sessions. You've got to turn into Broken Skull Sessions. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's, uh, I'm definitely, I mean, I was going to watch anyway, but now I'm, now I'm definitely going to watch. Uh, uh, listen, you were talking about Steve as an interviewer, and I have obviously, you know, doing what I do in, in, in my profession, it's completely different. In, in a lot of ways what you guys do, but in a lot of ways it's similar to watch Austin, who is arguably the greatest wrestler of all time on a microphone. If not the greatest top three, top five, wherever you want to put him, it doesn't really matter. We all know how great stone cold is on a mic. It's one thing to deliver a promo. It's another thing to lead a two hour show and to prep and to have, as you said, the great questions that stone cold uh, asks. I, I, I'll share a story with you real quick and, and the listeners, Mark, real quick. Um, I had a pleasure of interviewing stone cold. I want to say two years ago on my mixed martial arts show. After the interview, Steve followed me on Twitter and then DM'd me asking about my process, how I go about, um, you know, formulating my questions, how my co-host Misha Tate and I, we work remotely, how we set up and how we ask questions back and forth, how we communicate during the show. My point is I am in, in, in the pantheon of scope of in relatability to Steve Austin. I am a nobody. I am vastly unimportant, but for him to, recognize some things that he liked about our interview and then to follow up on that and to want to get better as an interviewer himself. I already respected Steve Austin as a, as a, as a human, as a, as a mm -hmm. professional wrestler, as a legend, but to see the respect that he has for the job that he is doing now as an interviewer, as a radio host, as a podcast host, Mark, I can't say enough good things about, and, it, and you know what? It perfectly highlights why he was so damn successful as a pro wrestler. He yeah. never stops learning. Preparation. Yep. And no ego. 
I want to get better. I want to learn something. I told you that when I started this job, when we first met and they, we yeah. started talking about doing the show on Saturday for the first time, I was like, bro, it's a lot that I don't know that I want to learn that I need to learn to make the show good. And sure. How, you know, uh, there's an old, uh, <laughs> an old crazy ass country term. What you eat don't make me shit. But in this, the grander scope of things, I'm going to do better if you teach me. We do better if I learn more. And uh, I can honestly say I learned a lot from you. I appreciate you. And, and we have a lot of fun on this show as well as oh, it's a giving yeah. informative news. Yeah. And Steve, his style is evolved from the time even that I did his podcast. Really? Uh, man, there's some there's an emotional segment uh where Steve asked me about my father and nobody has ever done that before. Wow. And when you see this segment, you're going to be like holy shit, Steve is on top of his game because I said you Oprah me, man. Why would you do that? And he just laughed and laughed. He said, I knew I was going to get you. And I was like, son of a bitch. And it was, it's really good, man. We laughed, we cried. Like it was just really, really unbelievable. And he came out uh, recently uh, saying that this was his favorite interview of all time. And I'm like, come on, man. That's like saying that it's going to be the greatest match in history. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't do that. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.